Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie, and, and this will be airing after the state semifinals. But, Coach, getting ready, getting ready to lock horns, you know, this weekend. How are we, how we feeling over there? Yeah, Brian, it's it's been a very exciting week. We're down to four teams in Division One for football, and we play Bayport. I know you have something to do with that school as far as some consultation and stuff like that as far as programs. And we'll be playing them at Menasha Calder Stadium. It's a great stadium. It's going to be a great environment. And it's 70 degrees today, and it's supposed to be like high of uh, 35 tomorrow. So I know. constant weather. I know. It's crazy. I was actually going to, like, redo my, like, change the water in my hot tub so it's ready for the winter, you know, winterize it and stuff like that. And it started raining. It's pouring, everything like that. But um, Fox Valley throws, we got anything coming up? Before Fox we get Valley into our guests, back up at January eighth now, so we got some downtime, and we will tell the kids constantly work on their skills and the drills that they've learned previously. And then January eighth, we start back up, and um, all that'll be on my Instagram page, Fox Valley Throws, also Twitter. So anybody that wants to sign up, they can go to the website, foxvalleythrowsclub.com, and go ahead and sign up for those winter sessions. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have our Black Friday specials uh, at Sports Advantage. Uh, we've got a real special nutrition package that we're that we're launching for the kids. Uh, clean nutrition, clean protein. That's going to be very affordable. Um, something really easy, pre-made, um, you know, just to get quality calories in the kids. So something that, you know, Joe Thomas, who for those of you that, that may or may not know, Joe is now a, a business partner of mine, an owner in Sports Advantage. We're going to start adding him to the podcast more. Uh, him and Ryan Groy really brought this to the table, something they felt was really important that we added that's a little different than, you know, some of the other sports performance gyms just to kind of give the kids that college feel. So they got some good recovery after. So that's going to be part of our um, Black Friday specials that we have. And we're just really excited to get all, you know, we're, we're excited because we got kids coming back now from the fall sports. Um, and I want to say kudos to some of our strength and conditioning coaches in the area um, high, which could mean your high school football coach or um, even some of our kids. You know, we just jumped some of our kids today and and their verticals are, are pretty close to where they were in the summer, um, which is shows that the kids did a great job training. You know, a lot of our most of our kids came back healthy. You know what I mean, which which says that they not only did a great job in the summer, but also during the season. And so we're really excited to have a lot of kids coming back, Dino, um, you know, in our area. And also, obviously, to open up that Oconomowoc area, we've been getting a ton of interest. We actually have families that are driving from Oconomowoc to do their evaluations in Wanakee because they're so excited to start. So we're really, really excited to do that, plug in a lot of our different stuff that we got going on. But we got a really special guest here, Dean. Um, you know, in, in last February, uh, we, we had a, a clinic um, in the Milwaukee area. Um, great clinic, National High School or NHSSCA um, out of Wisconsin that you're you're part of, Dean. You're you're a board member for that. Um, and we were really fortunate to meet Coach John Bierbauer uh, from McHenry, uh, which is right near uh, Crystal Lake South, which is where my brother is an athletic director. And you know, both of us, Dean, you know, listen to Coach talk, and we're really impressed with him. And uh, this just shows our, our lack of detail because it's taken this long for us to get him on the podcast. Um, he does an incredible job uh, at the high school. Um, so we want to bring Coach on. Coach, you over there? Yeah, I'm here. And thank you for having me. That was such a great clinic last spring. I enjoyed yeah. 
I just meeting so many of you who I respected so much from a distance, but we had a great time and, and uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to hopefully get back up that way this spring. I, it just opened up up to a lot of more relationships from Wisconsin. And, um, and I think there's some great coaches, obviously in Illinois. And the more we do things together, I think, I think it benefits both of us. It was an honor and thanks for including me tonight. That's great. Well, I think, you know, like you said, Dean, you, you can second this too. We're always, you know, those of us that really want what's best for the kids, That's right. we're always thirsty for knowledge and trying to figure out, um, you know, strength and conditioning is, is the ultimate copycat profession, right? You hear what someone else is doing and you, you try and take that and bring what's best you can for your kids. And, um, you know, so a lot of that stuff that we heard at that clinic, a lot of great coaches um, that were there and um, really great event. Dean, anything on that event before we let, before we let John. Yeah, get you know, this, here? this year's, yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for uh, mentioning that, Brian. This year it is uh, February 25th and it's going to be at Milwaukee Marquette High School. So I know last year's turnout in that Milwaukee area was a huge turnout and uh, you did a great job of speaking Coach Bierbauer did an unbelievable job, and I know they're going to have a great lineup of speakers, and we're hoping those numbers even grow, and it's great because when we have it in a location down like Milwaukee, you get a lot of those Illinois coaches as well. Boy, that Milwaukee Marquette, boy, they, they – I, I can say this because I'm not a coach. I don't know who seated them at seven in the in the seatings. Holy smokes, they were a great team. In the, in the high school football ranks good lord um anyways coach let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself here what you're doing and, and what you've been doing yeah well i i have the privilege of serving at McHenry high school director of strength and conditioning i've been in that role um really we started the role and it was honored to kind of be part of that process and like anything you know you hear these coaches talk about bloom where you're planted or uh, just kind of grow your own garden. I, I really feel like that's been my experience there. We uh, really come out of more of the uh, physical education background. Uh, a lot of my training was teaching and coaching, and and um, we just saw a, a need to to serve in the in the area of making our PE class, that was the strength and conditioning class, a little bit more like a program than just a class, you know. And so uh, because of my role. Um, in the in the PE department, um, got pretty involved in that, and then that snowballed into just realizing that there was passion there, and and uh, so I didn't really come from exercise science or come out and come into uh, being a strength coach from uh, the collegiate realm, but more through um, I guess from through education, and so that's why I've enjoyed so many things like the clinic you're talking about because you know I think we're constantly always trying to. Uh, backfill and, and become better at all that we do. And, and as high school coaches do that, you know, maybe you, you end up coaching a sport that you weren't as familiar with and you go to things to try to uh, do the best job you can for you and your kids. And so uh, in that journey, I've just found that this role has given me an opportunity to um, serve in ways that kind of fit strengths that I might have. You know, I, I enjoy uh, encouragement. Uh, I enjoy serving. I uh, enjoy promoting leadership. I enjoy uh, innovation and sports science and all those things. And it just feels like the role is a perfect match uh, for me. Um, but I, but I would also say over time we've, we've grown and uh, you know, the, I always tell when we have people visit, don't make your chapter one, somebody else's chapter 20, you know, you, you go to places, you can get very overwhelmed by some things they're doing. And then, um, 
what, what you do is you quickly realize like every year, your journey is giving you more opportunities. And that's been us at McHenry. You know, we, um, I, I, you talk about at Crystal Lake, you know, I, I remember, uh, the innovative things that your brother was doing with athletics, uh, years ago were just, uh, um, at that time it was train heroic and all those I think, wow, that's incredible. That's so yep. beyond where we're at. And, you know, now you know, we're using something and, and you move and you, and you, you kind of realize, okay, that's been something we are able to build off of because of some of the things we learned and that's how the whole profession works. So, um, it's what I do now. Love it. Uh, do teach a little bit in the graduate school up at Carthage, um, had, uh, in through, through the journey, um, at, at one time I went ahead and finished up master's doctorate and, and, uh, in education. So, uh, at this point I have no desire to cross over in a, a full-time administration because I still love being in the trenches and the weight room with the kids every day. And, uh, that, that training has helped me, um, I think in the role being more effective at communicating on that end, but I think it also, um, I know what I, I know where I enjoy and know where the passions lie and the Carthage role has been great too, because most of the kids in that class are uh, graduate assistants, um, uh, going to get their master's, learning about education. I've been up there about seven years. So, uh, yeah, my wife teaches at Grays Lake Central. We're down, right up in, my kids go to Lakes High School. So we're, we're kind of here in Northern Illinois suburbs. And that's a little bit about who I am. So. John, you know, we talk about, I always tell now that we're experienced strength and conditioning coaches. I always tell the students back in the day that the strongest kids and the strongest athletes were farm kids. And we always try to bring, you know, I always kid, we have a, you know, Kimberly is an, an old farm community. And we always say we bring the farm back into the weight room. Now you got the evolution of all these great weight rooms that are being developed and we're seeing indoor facilities at high school levels and now just about everybody's got a turf football field I know and I was reading something about you you grew up on a farm and I know the guy you teach with coach Mangan did as well and I worked on a farm when I was in middle school and high school at my grandparents farm so talk Boy, do about I feel out of place talk about it dollar an hour my grandpa paid me Mr. Bob <laughs> And uh, it was hard work for a dollar an hour. That's right. uh, believe me, I didn't want to let my grandpa down because he was trying to teach the lessons that, you know, the farm obviously displays and, and teaches you. So talk about your experience and how you relate it to the weight room. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think really all all of how, like for all of us, our, our upbringing and all those things shape us so much. And uh, for, for me, um, agriculture has always kind of been around me indirectly. So we grew up in Southeast Kansas, uh, grandpa uh, ranched, uh, Angus cattle, dad, dad ranched. And so, uh, you know, you grew up doing chores and going to the sale barn every, every Saturday. And, you know, that was just, that was life. And, and uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, TV and all the distractions the kids have now. I mean, it was just uh, play outside and, bale hay, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, and, um, you know, my, I would also, so that, that definitely has shaped, shaped who I am, you know? And, uh, but then when we were in around junior high, um, he and mom felt really strongly called to go in vocational ministry. And so my dad still pastors, he's been doing that for about 30 years and he's down in central Illinois, but, uh, he's been at two different churches down there during his time. And they're both been in really, uh, farming communities, uh, different, you know, corn and beans, not the ranching of Southeast Kansas, but 
you know, that's when you grew up in those towns too, that's, you know, everyone was involved somehow in agriculture. And so, uh, you know, in high school, I worked at the John Deere dealership and, um, you know, we'd do things in the shop or mm. clean combines and all that. And then you, you'd help haul grain in and uh, help run equipment. And so uh, I just think all that shaped me as well, as well as the faith. So I, you know, the faith, the farming, the, the teaching and coaching, I know they all have a hand in who I am today. And you specifically ask about that with the strength, you know, um, seeing my, my dad, seeing some of these others, they were some of the strongest people I knew. And it was, it wasn't weights. It was carrying stock panels and working. And, um, you know, as long as they stay busy and, uh, it was different, you know, you, you now we talk farmers carries and all these things, it's carrying five pound buckets of feed and, and uh, all that. And it's, uh, bailing hay, all those things are, are great. So we, it is funny you say that Dean, because, uh, even when we were down at central A&M there, you'd have kids that would come in, you know, for at that time, two a days. And a lot of times, you know, the, the hardest work they'd done all day was not at the football practice. It was been before they got there. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it definitely shaped me. And I, so you asked a little bit about how do those things translate to, um, training. And, uh, and I think there's a couple of things directly. I'm not just speaking to kids that have agriculture in there. It'd be anything, but there's no substitute for hard work, you know? And I think that's something that gets instilled anytime you live in a rural area or agriculture, you realize that, you know, um, there's no shortcuts. And, and, you, and I think there's also a tremendous amount of pride when you, when you live in communities like that, not only in their school, but pride in what you have, you know, you may not have the, the nicest equipment or the biggest operation, but what you have, you take pride in it, you know, and um, that was something my dad always instilled, you know, through our, through his ranching, whether it be how they kept the property up and things, but you just took pride and, and uh, no one is going to do the things for you. Uh, it's early in the morning. Nobody, you know, you can't call in sick when things need to be done on the chores. So you just, there's no shortcuts. And I think those messages relate well to our athletes, um, you know, doing things the right way is so important uh, in all areas, but especially um, in, in rural and agricultural communities because of how close the relationships are and your reputation is so important. And, you know, um, many of the farmers I know, um, they're, they're people that wear so many hats, you know, they're, they're businessmen, they're mechanics. Uh, sometimes they're fixing their own stuff. They're, they're a jack of all trades. They've got to be a little bit good at everything. Um, they're scientists, you know, they're innovative. Uh, they're great communicators, they're leaders, they have to manage things. We think about all those skills that a strength coach has to have, right? right? I mean, we had something break in the weight room this week. I had to get wrenches out, was fixing something, you know, we have to communicate and give presentations, but negotiate and lead, and, um, understand the financial side. And just all those skills, I think we see play out, um, not only in farming, you know, I was in the FFA, Dean, uh, growing up, you know, and those skills on bookkeeping and all those things, they all translate, you know? So I think, I think there's there. Um, I see our, I see the people in those areas, you know, they, they're, they are risk takers, you know, when you put a crop out there and you, you invest and you put in your livelihood and what you're doing. And I, and I also think they're great at, at stewarding the opportunities they're given. You know, there's that, that face side is so strong, not just the character, but, you know, being, we've been entrusted, um, with these opportunities to not only farm or the land or all these things, I just think that's kind of a neat thing. And, you know, for us, it's we've been entrusted with these kids that we're, in a in a different way, you know, we have a, we have a part and they're growing up and bringing them up. And so 
Uh, you're not talking soil, um, sunlight, seed, water, but we're part of that process, you know? And so I think uh, those are some of my thoughts. I think there's a lot yeah. of carryover there. It really, there really is. So you, you could get me going on that the whole time. So <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, the, the influence, not just from the agricultural com community, but just, I know for, for me, the influence that, you know, your family has on, you know, your career, who you are as a person, um, you know, I can use my dad as a, as a prime example. I mean, exactly what you're, now I didn't grow up on a farm, but exactly, I, I got a text from him last week, you know, uh, I was talking, we were talking back and forth and, um, you know, we're, we're talking about the new gym that we're opening and, and two more that we're looking at doing. And his words to me were, you know, never forget what got you to where you are. And that's hard work. And there's no shortcuts. And I mean, I can read the text right now because I'm right by my phone, you know, but it's stuff that he, you know, that, that I think we as strength coaches have that opportunity to teach kids that. That's the greatest thing about our profession right now is that, you know, kids come from so many different backgrounds and we're able to instill those values in kids, you know, through the weight room because it is hard work. You can't, you can't get better without working. Um, so those are great messages, John. Um, talk about like, some of your influencers, you know, as far as like as a, as a young coach, getting into strength and conditioning, um, things like that. Who are some of the people maybe um, that, that mentored you along the way? Um, and maybe influence you, you know, on the path you're on. Yeah, well, easily one of the first names I just I just saw a couple of weeks ago was my my first high school football coach, uh, Mark Ramsey. And Mark's still coaching. Um, I just put a picture. I was able to go visit him, his team a couple of weeks ago. You know, he was my first coach. First one introduced me to really training. You know, at that time it was BFS, you know, and but, uh, you know, at that time, that was that was the programs that were innovative were we're trying to do something. We had to keep our record books and our, and all these things. And, um, but you know, he made that a priority, hard work and, and, um, putting that effort in the off season. And then he, uh, I ended up being able to, cause we moved, came back and was able to student teach with him. He was instrumental in me in getting my first job and, and he continues to encourage me, you know, and he's, he's had a tremendous success. I think he's got something like 330 wins down there. It's, it's incredible, but he's just all class integrity incredibly smart um, could still tell you details about plays and games you know decades ago but um he's just so kind to everybody very intense person but um not in a way that you know he doesn't lead through demeaning you or intimidating it's, it's just through <clears throat> his presence you know and that that just made a difference seeing how he was able to impact and make a make an impact through influence you know that was inspirational to me you know, that you could, you could do that. Uh, Gene Vidoni uh, was a, was a PE teacher that did a great job as a teacher. And I think saw, um, you know, made school fun for me, connected with a person that doesn't, wasn't really in the, in the school uh, like I am now. Um, a guy named Roger Jaleka at Eastern Illinois played a pivotal role. And then a lot of our folks at McHenry, you know, I've been there. I haven't moved around a lot. I've been, I've been at that school pretty much the whole time. And so, our administrators, I've been fortunate, you know, the, the Potoff family, both Drew as the AD and, and Marsha as our principal, our former superintendent, Dr. Roberts played a big role. Our, our current team, Dr. Carl Vallenatos and our good friends, he, he inspires me all the time. Our new AD, um, our new superintendent, uh, Dr. McTagg, just each one, you just see their strengths and how they navigate such complex roles they have in it. And it just, uh, 
you take a little bit from everywhere. So I think those are big mentors of mine, but mainly my dad, you know, he's, he's probably my best friend and just seeing his impact, uh, not only in that community, but his, where he gets to serve. And, you know, we still talk about every day and I'm grateful to have him in my life. So we're, we're close. So those, those would be the big names and I could keep going. It's a long <laughs> list. So talk about the McHenry strength program. I know when you, did your presentation at the NHSSCA clinic. We were really impressed with your presentation. You talked about not only, you know, you being the strength conditioning coordinator for McHenry Strength, but the culture that you develop and how you're working with all the teams and really just helps with the whole school culture. So explain when a student comes in to your class or to your weight room, what do you want that individual, that student athlete to come out of that experience? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple common things that make that successful. So this year we had 815 kids enroll in the class, which is a, it's a good number, you know, and we're not just because of the size of our school, it's really almost half the kids in physical education take strength and conditioning. So um, that, that means that there are a number that are not athletes. I know some programs only have athletes take the class, but we have athletes, non-athletes take the class. And uh, we have some that are going on to maybe serve in the military. We have some that are obviously competing for their teams and then some that, that aren't. And so all of them are equally as important to us. But I think um, when you have such a diverse group, you know, both genders, freshmen through senior, all those things, you look for common threads. Um, you know, common themes. And so we are very right out the gate. You ask, how do we start that? It's, it's just by being um, promoting being a McHenry warrior, you know, and, and uh, talking about the individual sports is important, but, um, but you really want to help them remember that for us, common themes like, you know, wellness. And I think that comes from the education background that I have, but that was always right away. Those kind of common themes seem to be important to help people understand what we're trying to do. So when I when I talk about total wellness, I'm not just talking about how they're going to grow physically, but mental, emotionally, and socially. And so um, that would be hopefully paramount. What you see us talking about a lot right out of the gate. You know, we're we're our goal is to to build them and encourage them physically. Um, cause that's an important part of what we do in their day, but it's, but it's also equally important their, their mental, emotional health and their social health and how that plays in each other. And so they're all connected and, um, and it's hopefully the work we do physically will impact the mental and the mental impact the social, but then those things can carry on as well. So I think that triangulation of all those three hitting those and being very intentional about making sure you are impacting kid in all those areas. Their friendships, their social skills, the relationships in the class, not only with the teacher, with each other, their mental health, uh, their emotional health and strength, and then their physical strength. When we do that well, you get a lot of momentum and you really help them beyond just um, in in an athletic setting. So uh, from, from a PE side, I think that's important. So I think that would be from the start, Coach. You know, well, I think we, too, Dean, like we talk about all the time, like the weight room is the hub of your athletic department, but more so, um, you know, when you're doing it during the school day, talk about a great way to find a couple kids that maybe, you, you know, maybe it's not football, but maybe a kid like for wrestling or for track, you know, or, or, or sports where it's just more just like going to compete 
Um, I, I you hear stories all the time of you know kids that were just in their strength and conditioning program in the school. You know, they're around of you know a great culture, a great atmosphere that you know you guys try and create in your weight rooms and your high schools. And now all of a sudden this kid has a purpose. He's got, you know, and maybe it's not even sports, you know, I mean, maybe he or she just wants their body to look better or they want to be healthier or they want to feel strong. Um, and so I think it's just awesome that so many schools like you guys, both of you guys are having your stuff during the day. That's a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah, they get that, they get that time um, yeah. because, you know, the, the kids are very busy. We have a lot of kids at our school that work mm. supporting their families after school. Maybe the ones that are in challenging class have a lot of work, homework, AP classes, you know, all these demands are are there. Um, and especially when you, when you layer that on with, with playing in a sport. And so um, I, I, I've never understood why you wouldn't use that time. You already have built in your schedule to use that for training. Now I, right. I understand we have some other great classes that I promote in our school. Don't get me wrong, but I, I would just say, if you've got that built in your day and we hear that feedback when the kids come back, they'll say, coach, I know you'd always say this, but, and do I, do I wish I would have realized what I had while I was there to have something built into my day every day where I had no choice, whether I wanted to or not, where I was going to go in and get a workout every day. And, um, you know, that was something that was such a regular part of my habits and cadence. And now it's, it's different or it's more challenging. And so, um, you know, you're creating hopefully an opportunity to learn, uh, and help them to grow, but, but also, um, support whatever's next, you know, you're preparing them for whatever that might be next. Very, you have 815 kids in our program right now, all 815 are not going to go on and compete at the next level. Some of them, that's it. When they're in high school, some are not competing. And so you're just trying to help all of them be, become the best version of themselves. And so uh, you said it coach, but we always will say that the most important thing to have weight room has very little to do with the weights, right? It's getting them to uh, believe in themselves and grow. Um, so, um, we take a lot of pride in doing that. Yeah. Hey, John, we always say your, you know, your health is your wealth all the time. And we're kind of a very similar situation in our setting. Like yourself, we have people that will take that strength and conditioning class because they're going into military. We'll have non-athletes take it. We'll have athletes take it. So I get this a lot from other coaches. We are very gifted and very grateful that we have administrations at our school that understand the value of athletics and what it does to the school culture, obviously the athletic teams, kids' mental health, social well-being, the physicalness, all of those, we are very gifted. They understand. What do you do when those individual coaches come and say, our administration just doesn't want to either throw money economically or they just don't understand the importance, or maybe they just don't know how to help their programs get better. What advice do you have? Because I know I'm always selling my classes, a strength and conditioning <laughs> class, and the numbers keep going up and up and up. And Brian's in the private sector, so he's helping schools by doing some consultation because not everybody maybe has a strength and conditioning coach that has the passion that we have or you know, a physical education teacher that wants to put that kind of time and that kind of work into it. So we got the private from Brian. We got our situation that we're teachers. And now we get this from other coaches is what do I do? I'm getting frustrated 
because our administration just isn't doing what some other schools are and putting that commitment, putting that money into the programs, which I firmly believe that it helps your whole school culture, not only just your athletic culture, not only just your physical education department, but it helps your total school culture. So what would you have to tell those coaches? Well, I think, I think the things I would tell them is um, when they're in a spot where you're saying where they're feeling frustrated yep. is momentum is so important. And I, I think you look for, you know, some say low hanging fruit or this or that look for those, not just easy wins, but what are the things that right away seem to make the most sense in terms of getting you a little momentum going um, a little bit of enthusiasm and it, passion um, things where maybe it's just a small group of kids that start training and they start being excited about what's happening. And you take that and you build off of it. I think that's important because that momentum will give you the, um, the ability to overcome things that you wouldn't, if you didn't have momentum. So I, as I look back, even at our school, that some of the times we we've went back and been able to successfully ask for an investment, maybe some technology that was based on Oh, we lost him. There he is. Hopefully, John's coming back. Yeah, I'm, I did. Did I? I We're just good. all of a sudden dropped. We're no, good. that's all right. All right. We got to hit record again. No, you're good. You're good. I'm sorry. That's my, made me. But I was, um, you know, that momentum. <laughs> is, yeah. yeah. I was saying the technology, you know, you ask for those things, and um, those are based on momentum by maybe using smaller more integrated steps and you've been able to use them and, and be able to speak to it more so when you can go to somebody and show them um, a return on their investment yes um, that's a powerful message so hey here were the kids that were in the class look how they've been able to succeed athletically academically look how things are helping with terms of our school culture really take an honest look at those and then that is a powerful message um, because then though that success then People want to invest in it more because they know when they make that investment, um, there's a positive return on it. So um, every situation is so different, but I found that those things you talk about selling, um, you can't expect other people to advocate for you. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to communicate. An uninformed person is a misinformed person. Constantly be communicating. Look for every opportunity to present to your school board, to present to your, all your coaches, every chance you can take to share the good things that the, the kids are doing and how it's helping them. And that will inspire people to sometimes ask, Hey, what can we do? What can we do to help? And now they're asking you versus you having to go ask them. Um, so I, I think my initial answer to that coach would be look for, look for those small ways where you can start getting that momentum. We're not saying look about top speed, but how can we start gaining momentum and that synergy um, that positive thing starts rolling and uh, sometimes you're able to overcome obstacles you never thought you would because you've just got, I always show on an image of that, I'll usually show like a big picture of a freight train. And uh, there's a little, if it's not moving, there's a little, you know, not very much of a stopper can keep that thing not from moving, but with some momentum, it can go through a lot. So, um, you know, and, and you, we all know there's naysayers, right? There's negative wherever you're at. And those things can really bog you down if you don't have momentum. But if you have that momentum, you should usually go right through some of that. So that would be yeah. my biggest advice. Yeah, that, that, I love that because, you know, we're definitely on the same page because I've seen situations 
you know, if I was a younger strength coach and I, and I started to feel some of that momentum in my strength and conditioning program, in whether it's class or after school program, where a lot of people are coaches, they're helping out with that after school program. They're just trying to get that thing started. You get some momentum. I love that. Bring the principals in, bring, bring other coaches in, bring the superintendents in. But the more people you can show this momentum and how things are being done, it's not just lifting weights. It's a much bigger picture than that. And I think it's a great way you sell it. I always tell you want to get that program, you get it going. There's more numbers coming in. You got to let people know, because like you just mentioned a great point. They're not just going to come to you. You have to invite them in, let them experience it. Now your chances of getting more funding, getting more support, knowing that you are doing a positive thing for student athletes is going to be a lot easier to, to get the resources and anything else you need to grow your program even more. So I just love that. There's very few places, <laughs> just like most coaches don't get hired to take over a winning program. There's very few places that are going to say, Hey, we're going to just invest in this expensive new facility. And we're going to start a position that's never been created before and we're just going to put a whole bunch of money and a lot of no um, guidelines or expectations. Those places are few and far between. In a high school. He cut out there. Oh. John, we can't hear you cut out. No, you cut out. No, we lost them there. <laughs> Technology, right? Technology. Yeah. No, we lost them. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the first time this happened. Oh, there he's out. So, Dean, let's, let's get to him. Uh, let's get on the technology part. Yes. Uh, when he gets back on here. Yep. Um, and then so, uh, get his, get your edge advice. Okay. Sure. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So we'll, hopefully we'll just... he pops on here pretty quick, Brian. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Cause we were rolling with that. That was, it was pretty good shape of that. Yes. Well, oh. John, I'm obviously he's having some technical difficulties because there he is. He was so excited to be on this podcast. Are you back? Back? I think, I think my connection dropped. Can you hear me? We gotcha. We yeah, got you. Uh, Coach, let's, I, let's yeah, get to the, the technology, right? I, I, that's something that you presented on. Um, you talked about it a little bit. Just how, like, strength and conditioning has evolved so much, right? I mean, it's not just barbells and dumbbells anymore. There's, you know, a lot of different things of tracking and measuring and stuff like that. I know when you spoke, you, you know, you, you do a great job with technology. Tell us maybe a little bit of the stuff you're using technology in the weight, in the strength program. Um. Well, we, we do a lot with it, um, but I'm, but I'm always start by saying we're not going to do anything that's going to take us away from developing and, and they're all going to foster a mission of relationships with kids. Right. So um, 
I'm, I didn't go into strength just to be a sports scientist and, and be messing with data analysis. You know, I, I didn't. It was all about relationships with kids. So I will only use tools that will help me be more effective in that area or give me the ability to spend more face time coaching kids. So you'll see a lot of technology happening when you visit our facility, but it's all all things that give the teacher or myself a greater amount of time on the floor interacting with with kids. Right. So I, I think that is an important thing because some of these things can un unfortunately be traps uh, in terms of time on screens um, when at the end of the day, when a kid needs you, they don't go to the screen. Um, they, they need you. So I, I always want to say that to, to, to first, but um, we, we do. I, I utilize it to provide announcements so it doesn't take time away from training. You know, all of our announcements are just up front and shared out. Um, we use a bunch of uh, screens to promote things. You know, our, our kids are at the next level, our, our um, leaderboards, all those are you get screens all around the, screen, uh, the room. But um, we do use a paperless software. You know, we use Team Builder, but that gives us the ability to just manage all those kids and all the 26 sports that have to be able to have access to what's going on. Um, we have a lot of teachers as well that help serve with the, all the sections that run. And so that gives a lot of uh, ability to keep that unity um, also. So I, I think there's those, I, the software platforms and the, the visual things that are going on. Um, but uh, I, I do probably right now, the thing that I'm most interested in and learning a lot more about is that um, early on, I was, I was fascinated with this idea of just uh, being able to track bar speed and um and uh being able to get power output numbers you know that was something that i always be believed that what gets measured gets done and so um, when it was only weights um you, you you knew about the importance of having them move things quickly but because it was um just the weights being what was measured that seemed to be the biggest thing on the kid's mind versus maybe the tempo and the speed and all these things so i was uh i was fascinated when i go to colleges that had maybe uh, elite form or something. And, uh, but obviously that was something for us um, at our school or budget. And so early on, we found it just some uh, inexpensive accelerometers at that time was the earliest versions of push. And, um, you know, you hear things about accuracy or this or that, but it just gave me a tool where it kind of got me into that world of paying attention to those things. And uh, as that has evolved, we ended up getting a gym aware and then expanding. So, um, last year felt like we really wanted to go a little farther with that. And so, uh, now we have these perch units and, um, started with two, we sold off our iron weights and added two to wanted to try this out, and, um, really liked them and have really continued to like them. And so, um, we're using those with our advanced classes. And so like today we did a, like a speed squat focus when we earlier day was a big power today was a speed. And so literally and what I like about it is it's, it's really user-friendly for the kids where right away they can, um, I can set the threshold. Hey, not at, no rep today is below one meter per second on these reps. And it'll, if the rep comes in above it, it's, it's blue. If it's below it, it's red. And we've had some great conversations about um, lightening up the load. So they get the, get the speed where they need to be. And because it's visual, because it accomplishes it, they're, they're getting that feedback right away from the, the tablet and being able to train with intent and being on target all across all seven racks that have it. And it's, 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 um, it, that's an example of using tech that's helping me versus 
you know, making that be what the training's about. So I, that's probably the biggest thing right now that people are coming to check out what we're doing with that. And, you know, I'd be the first one to tell you, I'm not an expert on velocity-based training, but I can, I'm, I'm learning and I'm, I'm finding it's been a good tool for us because I've seen how it's changed the way the kids have trained once that's the measuring point. So um, that's the thing I'm probably most yeah. interested in right now on the tech side. It's interesting. Uh, Lucas, who's one of our, who's our director at, at Beaver Dam, his, we do a Thursday tip. So for those of you listen, you know, all of our gyms do a coach's tip every Thursday um, across all of our platforms. And his tip last Thursday was if it gets measured, it gets managed. So if you're measuring something, you know, then you have to, you have to manage it and make sure that you're, you're, you're utilizing the data that you're getting, you know, and, and putting it full force. So that's awesome. John, is that similar to the, you know, the Tendo units that came out then? This is just kind of a newer version. Yeah, just the, the nice thing unit? is there's nothing. Yeah, there's just nothing with that where it's tethered to the bar. There's no string. Um, there's nothing clipped on the bar. It's basically a, a camera that sets at the top of the rack and it measures the bar in the movement. And so when the when the exercise is selected, it adjusts to what what you're reading, whether it be a clean or a squat. It can read a bench. It can read all these movements. And so... Uh, the kid comes in, you know, I uploaded the users and they come in and select their name. And what I've also liked is it keeps all of it historically. So you might be able to go back and say, hey, you're, you know, notice your power numbers are dropping. Um, so let's have a good conversation about why that is, you know, right. um, maybe you're in season. Um, and so I think those kind of things, have, it's it's been good. It's been, it's made the, you know, the kids like that feedback too, especially nowadays, the kids like to see that feedback. Um, they like being able to see things measured and think about that. And, um, I, I, have been really happy to, to use that. So. So you've been around a lot of great athletes and, you know, they're part of our podcast. We always ask every guest is, you know, let's give some golden nuggets. Let's give some, get your edge advice to all those listeners out there. John, what would you tell them? Yeah, I, I think the thing I would tell, the athletes um, would be that your the mental part of your development an athlete is probably something that they all should focus more on uh, the mental and um, you know especially because a lot of kids have access to training a lot of kids have access to a lot of these things but the the toughest opponent on your schedule this year um, is not your who you're playing, it's your, it's yourself. And I think when uh, we talk about mental toughness, I think it's important for kids to realize what you're really talking about is your ability to get in tune with how you're doing and, um, and, and, and realizing how you can manage those positive, uh, those negative messages that, that creep in uh, how you're, how you're feeling and how you deal with performance. Uh, I think all those things play a role. And so, my biggest piece of advice or tip would be um, to just be very in tune with the importance of sports psychology, uh, mental health, mental training, um, because those are the difference makers. You know, Dean, one thing we've not ever got to talk about much, you and I, but I know we could spend hours was uh, throwing and the throwers. And that was something um, I didn't really grow up doing, but um kind of got brought into that because you know you work with the linemen you're like well coach right. you're good with those linemen so you go coach the throwers um but i i think what was neat about that was you get to work with a kid over four years 
And there's so much time, there's so much mental in terms of throwing, you know, you're doing something in a split second with people watching, Hey, there's nowhere to hide. You're not in a big scrum with the helmet on, whatever you're out there. Um, but I think that really helped me to understand how important that could be um, with an athlete and helping them perform. And um, once you start kind of thinking about that and one athlete start being aware of who they are and how they perform best and how they like to be pushed and how they deal with the anxiety and stress and all those things, those can be real game changers and, and also getting in touch with why they want to be successful. Um, we talk about the what's your why, um, really helping them find their motivation. If that's an intrinsic motivation, um, then that can get you through a lot beyond what's going on with your coaches, the opponents, teammates, all those things. So that's the winning edge right there. You know, your most successful awesome. people do a tremendous job managing and being a champion from within. So, well, and you see it like even in pro athletes, right? Guys that just can't handle pressure and guys that can't handle, you know, adversity and things like that. And the best athletes are the ones that can, you know, because, you know, you get to that level um, and it's a lot of, the, uh, you know, a lot of those physical attributes are pretty equal. You know, um, it's the, the people that can handle the adversity, um, that can mentally overcome things. Um, so I think that that's awesome. And I think all of our listeners, you know, need to hear that because, you know, athletics isn't always, you know, fun and games and you're not always going to be ahead, you know, and, and if you're, you know, volleyball player, the first set, you're going to lose at some point, you know, football team, you're going to be down at halftime baseball, you know, you're, you're going to be facing a guy that's throwing harder than you've ever seen before. You got to find a way you know, and you got to find a way. Um, Dean, you got anything more for, for John? No, I definitely, John, we'll talk more off air and I'm going to give you a call because I obviously want to get down there and visit you as well. And know Brian heads down that way to see his brother. So you got unbelievable facilities. You've done yeah. so many great things for your student athletes and built your program and uh, keep making a difference with kids. And uh, anytime you're in the Fox Valley area, Make sure you give me a call. We'll get together and love to talk shop with you. Not only just weights, but throws and, yeah. and just everything. Just for both teachers, we have a passion for what we do. And uh, it's great that we had the ability to see you at that clinic. And uh, both Brian and I were super impressed with you during your presentation. And, and obviously, we continue to have that friendship as well. And you count on that. I'm a, you know, you guys, I admire you both. And, and not just because of what you do, but who you are. And so... Uh, they're both your places are lucky to have you. And I'm, I'm grateful our paths have crossed and we remain friends. So honored to be a part of the show guys. Yeah. Uh, coach will share some of your information, your Twitter stuff and, and things like that. So people can follow you because you, you got a lot of great information and things like that. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the get your edge podcast. Um, you know, this airs, we'll have teams that are getting ready to play in a state championship and dog, you know, we'll, we'll see how this one turns out. So hopeful, uh, hope for the best for everybody. Um, take care, everyone. Be safe. And we'll see you next time. Chop it.